This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the CQ on Congress coronavirus special report. We are bringing you daily updates on the policy news you need to know using the reporting prowess of CQ Roll Call. I'm Sean Zeller. Today is Wednesday, May 13th. The debate in Congress over the handling of the virus has split the parties. Republicans see reopening the economy as the only way to forestall a depression. Democrats want to wait on reopening and follow the health experts' guidance, while propping up the economy with another infusion of cash, this time $3 trillion worth. Tonight, we will explore new rules for Congress, what it means that there are a shortage of body bags, and Democrats' proposal to forgive trillions in debt. We begin tonight with CQ Roll Call's House leadership reporter, Catherine Tully-McManus, on House Democrats' plan to allow proxy votes. House Democrats are once again trying to change House rules to allow members to vote by proxy on legislation brought to the floor and to let committees use technology to hold official business meetings remotely. This is after they failed to reach an agreement with Republicans on how to move forward on remote proceedings. The Rules Committee will consider the resolution on Thursday, along with a rule for floor debate on the next coronavirus relief package. That will set up a likely vote on Friday for both measures on the floor. Under the temporary rules change, House members unable to travel to the Capitol would be able to send a letter electronically to the House clerk to authorize another member of Congress to vote on their behalf and provide exact instructions on how to vote on each question that appears on the floor. Majority Leader Steny Hoyer told me this morning that the intent of the rules change is to allow Congress to remain operative in the face of the coronavirus pandemic. He said that in addition to concerns about the ongoing health crisis right now, He's also worried about a possible resurgence of the virus in the fall and wants the House to have the tools it needs to govern if travel once again becomes unsafe. Republicans will not be supporting the rules change to allow proxy voting. The resolution would authorize House committees to hold virtual hearings, markups, and depositions only using software platforms approved by the Chief Administrative Officer for remote participation. The committee authorization and proxy voting on the floor would only be permitted for a 45-day period, after which it would have to be renewed for another 45 days. The authorization is limited only to the 116th Congress, which means that next year, Congress will not be able to enact proxy voting without another rules change. Allowing proxy voting would be the most significant update to voting procedures in the House since the 1970s, when they eliminated teller votes and implemented the same electronic voting system that is still used today. Now to CQ Roll Call's Emily Kopp, who has a look at two important health policy stories. For a few weeks, I've been calling around about a supply shortage that hasn't received much attention. Many funeral directors report they've struggled with a shortage of body bags. As deaths mount, they report using the same body bag multiple times, 
or wrapping the person in bed sheets and placing a mask over their face. The pandemic has led to an increased demand for heavy-duty plastic, too, suppliers say. The Strategic National Stockpile has distributed 11,000 body bags. That's far fewer than the nearly 84,000 deaths from COVID-19 that have been reported across the U.S. That itself is a small fraction of the need for body bags. Funeral directors say the standard is to treat every deceased person as if they could have had COVID-19. In early April, it was reported that the Department of Defense was seeking the purchase of 100,000 military-style body bags on behalf of FEMA and public health departments. But it's not clear whether that purchase ever transpired. I followed up with the Pentagon and FEMA and never received a reply. The shortage also posed troubling questions about how to maintain the dignity of the dead and how to protect mortuary workers already under the extreme stress of the pandemic. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration's regulations require that workers have the necessary PPE to be protected against body fluids. But hospital workers face their own shortages and have received priority. The shortage is a grim reminder of the toll of this disease. And according to one Trump administration official, the casualty rate could become much worse. Rick Bright, who alleges he was retaliated against by his bosses at the Department of Health and Human Services for challenging elements of the administration's emergency response, will testify before the House Energy and Commerce Health Subcommittee on Thursday. Right, we'll say that deaths from COVID-19 could eclipse deaths from the 1918 influenza pandemic unless more drastic action is taken, according to his prepared testimony. Without a national response based in the best science, 2020 will be the darkest winter in modern history, he's expected to say. It can be expected that HHS will try to undermine his credibility. Bright, they point out, was the person who requested the emergency youth authorization that cleared a donation of hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine for the national stockpile in order to be used to combat COVID-19. Bright is likely to argue he made that decision under duress from his bosses. When House Democrats unveiled their massive proposal for a next round of coronavirus relief Tuesday, the $3 trillion price tag got most of the attention. But provisions scattered about the bill's 1,800 pages to suspend most debt payments could be just as big if they are anything more than negotiation trade bait, says CQ Roll Call's Jim Saxa. The package would pretty much stop payment on most kinds of debt that regular folks have. So you wouldn't have to pay your lease, mortgage, credit cards, or student loans. And small businesses and nonprofits, they'd get forbearance of their loans too. The act would also ban debt collection actions. So no evictions, foreclosures, or repossessions. But you got to give credit where credit's due. So the bill would let all landlords, mortgage servicers, credit card companies, business lenders, and debt collectors get cheap long-term loans from the Federal Reserve. This would be an absolutely massive experiment, and it might not work. Household debt topped $14 trillion before the pandemic hit. The bill asked the Fed to do more than any central bank has ever done. And while banks and big corporations know how to work with the Fed, around half of the landlords in America are small mom and pops. Things could turn into a bureaucratic nightmare if the bill passed. But that's not likely. Republicans have already called the Democratic bill dead on arrival. So why this crazy ambitious proposal if it's not going to go anywhere? It might be to provide another still quite massive Democratic proposal some cover during negotiations with the GOP. The bill also calls for nearly $200 billion in rental assistance and mortgage help. Part of that money would go towards funding more affordable housing, which has long been a Democratic goal. 
Republicans have shown a willingness to keep people financially afloat during the COVID-19 crisis. The last package had direct stimulus checks and forgivable loans to small businesses, plus a few billion for housing programs. So they might be willing to approve billions more if they can tell their constituents they rejected Democrats' wilder ideas. Finally tonight, partisan and regional differences are emerging as states slowly begin to reopen their economies. Of the 18 states that remain under shelter-at-home orders, 15 have Democratic governors. They are mainly on the coasts and in the industrial Midwest. Of the 32 that have lifted those orders, 23 have Republican governors. They are mainly in the South, the Great Plains, and the Rocky Mountains. That's all from the CQ on Congress Coronavirus Special Report. From all of us at CQ Roll Call, I'm Sean Zeller. Thank you for listening.